Welcome to Doctor Who's 50 and 50, episode 39. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler, and today we're discussing story number 65, The Three Doctors. This is a four-part story that was used to kick off the 10th season as a 10th anniversary special. The three doctors that are referred to in the title are the doctors played by John Pertwee, Patrick Troughton, and William Hartnell. This episode aired during the John Pertwee era, which means that was all doctors to date. The companions that we see are the companions associated with John Pertwee at the time, namely Joe Grant, the Brigadier, Alistair Gordon Lethbridge-Stewart, and Sergeant John Benton. And the villain in this one is Omega, introduced for the first time. So the basic storyline behind it is that Omega was the first Time Lord to develop time travel technology, and he did it through an astounding bit of solar engineering and was thought to have died in the process. And he was treated as a revered hero by the history books on Gallifrey. Turns out he's very much alive, having just been transferred to an antimatter universe and has been plotting revenge all of this time, using sheer force of will to create planets and creatures that can exist in both matter and antimatter universes and so forth. He sends some of these creatures on a light beam to Earth to capture the Doctor while simultaneously attacking Gallifrey with a massive power drain. Not knowing about the attack on Gallifrey, the Doctor sends out an SOS, and the only thing that the Time Lords can do to help is try to orchestrate a meeting between the Doctor and his past selves, because all other Time Lords are apparently on Gallifrey, so I guess they're not even considering getting help from the Master, the Meddling Monk, or any of the other Time Lords that have been seen up to this point. It's a great concept and a nice way to see the Doctors play off each other, although we don't see a lot of interaction with William Hartnell. At this point, his health had been fading a little bit, so his doctor gets trapped in a time eddy, and they communicate with him on screen, where you can see basically Hartnell is permitted to film his entire section sitting in a chair. So all he has to do is read lines into a teleprompter and doesn't deliver them as effectively as he did during his regular tenure. So the years have been adding up. This was actually only a couple of years before he passed away. This is also the episode that establishes the threats of crossing your own timeline and establishes that the first law of time is that we never do that. As discussed in the podcast about Spearhead from Space, the Doctor had been exiled to Earth, with his knowledge of time travel removed, with the TARDIS crippled by having a faulty dematerialization circuit, and a number of other issues, so that the Doctor was basically required to work on Earth as scientific advisor to UNIT. This is the story that undoes that. So at the end of this story, the exile is completely ended. It's a good way to kick off the season with a bang, and to mark the 10th anniversary. It's, as I said, also a nice way to see how some of these Doctors interact. So Pertwee and Troughton have great rapport to showcase. These are both good actors. They played very different Doctors who wouldn't necessarily get along and by and large they don't. So each of them is used to being the driving force and the respected authority and now they're having a dispute over who should be in charge. We also see a lot of their idiosyncrasies and they're framing stories. You know, as the first doctor says, oh, you must be my replacements, a dandy and a clown. You see, you know, Troughton's doctor and how he likes to use the recorder when he thinks that's the first reference to Jelly Babies. Well, the first doctor to reference Jelly Babies, Troughton had done it before, and he does it again here. We also see the brigadier's unimaginative military mind as he's trying to wrap his head around the things that he's seeing, including seeing both doctors at once. Uh, We also get both the Brigadier and Benton's first encounter with the interior of the TARDIS and the way they react to that. 
So there's a lot of entertaining stuff here. If you're going back and looking at those first few Doctors, it's a very nice place to get a feel for at least the second and third Doctors. We don't really get a great feel for Hardell's Doctor. We actually get a better shot at that in the five Doctors, which was story 130 we'll be talking about later, even though it wasn't William Hartnell playing the first Doctor since that was filmed after he passed away. Probably the most disappointing element of the episode would be the look of the antimatter creature that shows up to take them into alternate dimensions. It's very clearly just sort of cheap digital after effects created in an era that wasn't prepared for those. It's just a multicolored blob that appears on the screen, has a two-dimensional appearance. That part just didn't work. But by and large, it's still an enjoyable episode. To the best of my knowledge, this is also the first time we see that Time Lords are somewhat telepathic as the three doctors communicate with each other and share information that way, which may have just been a workaround to prevent having lengthy explanations on screen for the sake of the audience who were fully up to speed or were assumed to be at any rate. But by and large, this is an enjoyable episode. It's a nice way to mark the anniversary. There were actually three anniversary specials that came up, and we'll be discussing all of them. One is this one. The 20th anniversary special is the Five Doctor story I've already mentioned, and then the 25th anniversary special shows up as the Silver Nemesis during the Sylvester McCoy era. So that's about all we have to say about the three doctors. Please join us again tomorrow when we discuss City of Death.